0: And the con- the content of what we're going to talk about is always going to be super uncomfortable for everyone. I mean, like if we speak our truth, it should absolutely, utterly, flatly, immediately upset anyone who isn't, you know, you're not speaking to the choir. And It's not a purposeful thing. It's just that it's sort of by design. And that's part of the risk thing. It's easier to say something people will feel comfortable with. It's easier to offer hope than despair. But I always just say, like, what would you want your doctor to tell you? I mean, the straight truth or bullshit. And so it sucks and it is what it is. But everybody that faces tragedy or despair in their life has the same opportunity to overcome it. It doesn't mean you're going to live forever or fix this shit. It just means that you've got a chance to deal with what's in front of you. I mean, if they say you've got cancer and you've got six weeks, you do something fucking meaningful with it on planet earth at the peak of human ingenuity we still haven't managed to save ourselves from two brave souls have decided to take on our enemy to prevent the world from falling into the
1: Let motherfuckers feel the climate change.
2: Let motherfuckers feel the climate change. Hi, I'm J.P. Hurst.
3: And I'm Casey Snow.
2: And today we are going to...
3: Dig a little bit deeper into that maximum carbon sinkhole.
2: Joining us are two people who have inspired us with their bad assery of building a more meaningful and resilient life, while also turning their backs on the machine, including many creature comforts we've taken for granted in the West. We saw these two folks profiled extensively in a documentary called Innocently Violent and immediately reached out to them because we realize the polluted waters of the sinkhole are warmer and less lonely than we had thought. Joining us today are Karen and Jordan Perry from Chickenfoot Ranch in Colfax, California. Thanks for blazing a trail and joining us here today on The Sinkhole. Well, thank you guys for making time for us today. Like We kind of started the podcast You know, I told you this, you know, when we were emailing back and forth was just like we use it as an excuse to reach out to people because we're just like fucking living in the woods, fucking like watching the world die. And we're like, go with
3: everyone around us, just pretending everything's okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's the best
4: coping strategy, you know.
3: Yeah. And I have to say, Karen, when I saw you. And you are just like the most badass person I've ever met. And I consider myself a pretty badass, but I was like, this Karen is like, she's fucking awesome and I want to be her. So I just want you to know that.
4: Oh, well, okay, but seriously, I, <laughs> you gave up
3: hot water. I'm like, I am too much of a prissy little bitch to give up, give up hot water. And I'm totally embarrassed to say that, but it's true.
4: Uh, well, you know what, it, you, you just do the next right thing and you'd be surprised at what you can do, yeah. you know, <laughs> we you're, you're clearly incredibly capable and, um, kick, kicking ass out there in the world (laughs) as well so yeah I thank you for that but really I'm just a person trying to you know figure life out one day at a time like everybody yeah
2: (laughs) people look at us like everyone that we know they're like you guys are strange like we're starting to collect our own pee now and like pour it on the vegetables and shit but when we when we were watching the movie like we hit pause and Casey is like
1: what the fuck holy shit this woman rules (laughs)
2: <laughs> we thought jordan we you thought know, you were pretty cool too yeah, no, yeah, yeah 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 so
4: yeah that that's it's crazy to know that anybody's even seen the film to be perfectly honest let, let alone like yeah. you know found something <laughs> decently meaningful in it um i to me the greatest claim to fame is i hadn't looked at any comments um and i just decided to after talking to you two and um And somebody just, you know, ripped me to shreds. And I thought, yes, awesome. That's the best thing that could have happened. Because, you know, yes, we want it to be part of a conversation. And if that's, if the conversation is, wow, you really like rubbed me the wrong way, then I'm like, great. Awesome. You
3: know, I totally agree with you. Isn't that funny? Like I, sometimes I get more satisfied by pissing somebody off because you know that if you piss them off enough to like show it they're thinking about it and you've gotten inside them
4: (laughs) exactly i say i it doesn't matter to me love me hate me if i'm i'm in your head one way or the other that's fine all right
0: so and the the content of what we're going to talk about is always going to be super uncomfortable for everyone i mean like if we speak our truth it should absolutely utterly flatly immediately upset anyone who isn't you know, you're not speaking to the choir. It's not a purposeful thing. It's just that it's sort of by design. And that's part of the risk thing. It's easier to say something people will feel comfortable with. It's easier to offer hope than despair. But I always just say, like, what would you want your doctor to tell you? I mean, the straight truth or bullshit. And so it sucks and it is what it is. But everybody that faces tragedy or despair in their life, has the same opportunity to overcome it. It doesn't mean you're going to live forever or fix this shit. It just means that you've got a chance to deal with what's in front of you. I mean, if they say you've got cancer and you've got six weeks, you do something fucking meaningful with it.
1: Word, So man. we always
0: just say you're, you're in hospice. I mean, what do you want to do now that you're in hospice? You know, I'm like, give me my cigarettes back first and foremost. <laughs> <laughs> Because I'm not here. I'm not trying to stay. I'll cough all day. until I'm. But, you know, things like that. Right. So it's, it's right. all it's all part of the thing, but it, it should be. And that's part of the risk of doing what you're doing and doing what we're doing yeah. and then being willing to stand up and say, yeah, fuck you. Yeah. That's how it is.
2: I'd love to dive in just like on that point right there. All of this is fucking awkward, right? And it's hard to talk about. And that's that's why I guess like one another reason we reached out to you guys was like they get it. Like they're not going to they're not going to cower when we're like, yeah, the, we should ground all the fucking airplanes, right? Like do you, do you guys feel that awkwardness in your life?
0: Yeah, I've I've gotten into fights with people about, you know, like people that are super progressive. I mean, we would spent several years really aggressively and assertively in the streets doing direct activism and tabling and just bringing the message right to the masses. And we were usually in mini echo chambers. The people that were marching with us were certainly with us in general. You're out all against Monsanto. And then you're right. like, well, what if this was actually working the way it's designed, this death machine that I'm saying? And then they just, you hit that wall with them and they'll just start <laughs> to argue back with you.
1: Yeah.
0: And and so, you know, you're just like, I, I can't quite get through the, the mess to get the, the truth out, but you just keep, hitting it and hitting it and trying
4: yeah wow. it's like it's like uh, you know I can hate Monsanto but I have to give up Pepsi and the NFL too <laughs> <laughs> oh my god
3: yeah. I know
1: it's so yeah.
2: scary <laughs> yeah or it's the like we're protesting selfie yeah
0: and that's, you know, what I, what I found is like, so if you look at dominant culture and everybody's got their, there's a macro addiction, which is to energy and power, mm-hmm. but then there are micro addictions that people get plugged through with that. And, you know, it's frustrating yeah. to find that no matter how progressive the person was, I could pretty quickly find their red line. Right. It might be showers. Right. Oftentimes it's showers, yeah. sleeping <laughs> outside, yeah. walking around barefoot. You get into the vaccination question, you get into geoengineering, you get into any of the different parts and and they'll just go up red with it. You say, like, look, I get it. If we have schools, it's better to have girls taking off the science classes. But my point is, we shouldn't have fucking schools. <laughs> so I'm not going to spend a bunch of time getting weirded out about STEM and things like that. Yeah, if you want to keep doing it, like police brutality. You're like, look, you guys, if you want to have Walmart, you got to have cops. Right. And if you have cops, it's going to go wrong every now and again. And they're going to shoot somebody. Right. It's, but it, it is what it is. It's not like in the Occupy. People would say the system's broken. We've got to fix it. And I said, no, it's even worse than that. The system's working exactly as designed, exactly. perfect in every way. Exactly. And so what you're talking about is is system, you know, like, and I hate to use words like system, but it's total baby in the bathwater. It's a 100% return to, yeah, feral and wild and free and going mm-hmm. back that way. And it's, mm-hmm. it's a horrible answer for anybody. Yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it is. It really is. It's a horrible answer.
4: So to so to answer like the the initial question, it's like we don't talk to people. (laughs) (laughs) Holy shit! (laughs) Holy shit! I mean, we we talk to each other in you know our little echo chamber, but quite honestly, like we're sort of at the point where it's just you know we'd rather do other things with our time. So actually being able to talk to you too and feel like oh yeah, like they get it, like. That's refreshing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Here, so here's a good question. Um, <clears throat> we had to leave the house today and it was fucking horrible. How often do you guys have to leave the house? Yeah.
4: Oh, well, it's different for Jordan than it is for me because for the first few years of our, you know, walk away and experimenting and living differently, um, we did everything we could to, you know, neither of us have to have one of those yob Thing outside (laughs) of the house um but we had you know (laughs) you gotta slip and pay your property taxes and you know there's just things you have to do so jordan has a four day a week gig away from here but for me I can go a week and not leave the property, yeah. you know. Yeah. It just it just all depends and there was a time, you know, my parents uh, still live in the Oakland Hills where I grew up. I actually couldn't go into that big metropolis without yeah. just really having my psyche severely jarred. It's taken a few years in to be able to actually do that because I liken it to like being bilingual. Mm-hmm, like you first have to like super immerse yourself into doing something different. And then you can, when you get comfortable in that skin, you can like take that skin on or off at your will, sort of depending on the situation oh, where you are. Wow,
2: that's super insightful,
4: yeah. but it takes, it, it takes time.
2: And I think that's where we're at in our journey. And that's what we recognize. And we're like, uh, we were like, oh, shit, they're ahead of us.
4: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: And and because that's a great way to put it, because we feel the awkwardness. We feel that stress right now. And I I have the similar setup to Jordan, except I'm telecommuting and it goes up and down. It's sort of like it would be a lot better if I wasn't trying to do this other thing. And w- right now we're trying to figure out these coping strategies for me to be like in the machine, out of the machine, in the machine, out of the machine. Yeah. One foot in, one foot
4: out. It's and very, it, oh. yeah, it's very jarring.
0: And it comes up yeah. quite a bit. So I, I always say to people right up front, like, I'm a giant hypocrite. So if you look at Innocently Violent or listen to my bullshit, you it wouldn't take long to go like, look, man, you're wearing pants. Who do you think made the <laughs> yeah. pants you're wearing? <laughs> or what the fuck did you eat for breakfast this morning? Or do you still brush your teeth? You know, there's so that you can't, you know, I'm like, look, I'm like the guy on the Titanic. who's like, I am not on a boat that is sinking. <laughs> you, can, you, you actually, you know, you're on the boat. You can, you can go up to the top deck and smoke weed maybe, and just be like, I'm going to hit it and quit it when it's done. But, but you're, you're on the boat and it is what it is. And you're locked inside with everyone else that you love loathe, and despise. Right. But, but the but the way that you have to navigate through that which to me is always the i'm nature is primary and i'm i'm a participant in nature so so everything about what i do is 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 targeted back toward that with the understanding that i'm trapped inside this death machine and i can't you know get out so when you find things that you have to do it's too easy, like the purity test or the hypocrite test that comes up when, whenever there's a climate meeting and there's a guaranteed article about how everybody flies there, which really oh, yeah. people shouldn't, right. but it's such a bizarre place to sort of like put your picket pin in and say, this is what we're going to argue about. But it really, you know, I, I say it over and over again. It, it is what it is. The, the thing is the thing. And, and the way that you interact with it is really important, but you can't be pure and, and it's kind of a little bit – if you run, run into the real permaculture extreme, you end up in the biodynamic crowd, which is like vegetarians and then vegans, where you just keep going into these tighter and tighter shoots where the obligations to perform within a certain spectrum get harder and harder to deal with. But, but I'm afraid that when I see those people – solar panel guy with his Prius, he actually thinks like he's getting it on. Like i mean, like, if that's what you want to do in hospice, I salute you and have fun. <laughs> it's probably slightly better – than buying a giant v 8 pickup truck. But, you know, don't think that you're getting away from it. You can't get away from it. There's no way. So you can jump in the water and be dead right away. But as long as we're in this, we're in it.
2: That's good perspective, man, because. That's some another thing that we always think about. I we just knew that you guys, yeah, like, we're yeah. like we're we're going through this, and we're like, what the fuck is this? You know, because we're like, we're doing, we're like, let, fucking, let's torpedo some careers and let's like move out in the middle of fucking nowhere and let's try to fucking <laughs> learn how to grow our own food and like, oh shit, we got a tax bill. Like, what the? How do we fucking do this? And and you're right. And then we're like, but what? Like, we basically just drive less now, and now we have solar panels. We're like, we haven't y- done, yeah, you know, and we're like, ah, like what, yeah, and let fix anything we're not like we're we're gonna die too just like you said
3: (laughs) yeah and it's frustrating because it's like we always want and and then every day I find a new thing that I'm like oh we're doing this we're a bunch of fucking assholes like we got to stop doing this and you know it's clothes it's it's fucking solar panels it's fucking hot water it's all that and it's like at some point and and you know there you're always going to be a hypocrite because there's in the machine well, you have to be in the machine and so you have yeah. to be a, at least a little bit of a hypocrite and that in itself is like hard on the psyche
2: we just ordered 40 fruit trees that are getting dropped off by fucking fedex yeah
3: how fucked
4: up is that <laughs> yeah <laughs> of course you did because what better way is there to get fruit trees come on we
2: called I all mean, the local growers and we were like
4: okay i guess we gotta order online <laughs> That, I yeah. mean, and yeah, we we have the Amazon fairy show up here all the time. <laughs> I mean, it's like
0: <laughs> I had I, I had this great experience. So when we were doing Occupy, we did a lot with Occupy, and while I was getting into like the wanting to be down with the black block crowd, and so I'm like, I'm gonna get you know my black hoodie, and I'm gonna get outfitted, but I'm not a chump because I'm I'm aware of the man, so I'm gonna find an organic cotton, union made <laughs> in America sweatshirt. <laughs> And I did. And I fucking found it. it was like 70 bucks. And I was like, and I did this thing where I, I sent him an email. I was like, yeah, man, I'm totally not down with the machine. Thank you so much. And they were like, what the fuck is it with you? And so it was just, I went, what? I went, really, what is it with me? I should have just got the 1995, right? you know, <laughs> nylon cotton mix. Again, but I was trying to be pure and carefully shopping online for the purest thing I could have delivered to me by plane, train, and donkey.
1: Yeah. (laughs) so so, You know, there
0: really is freedom to, you know, you can be radical within the context of being in prison. Like people who are in a concentration camp and they're doing funky shit, you know, that's fine. But but it's good to be truthful about the circumstance.
1: Right. Sometimes
0: environmentalists, if they're not saving the thing, they feel like they are they can't do the messaging. That's why they get really tuckered out with what I say because I'm like, you're doing the right thing, but there's it's not gonna make any difference. Right, yeah. Well- so yeah, but you can feel super empowered by that and start to just lean into it. I prefer to be closer to the service delivery area. That's what I call them, I don't call them cities, the SDAs. Oh, yeah, service because delivery. we're in a service delivery system. <laughs> You know, and it's sort of bizarre. We talk about that. I'm like, yeah, we could move four hours from the nearest Walmart, but now I'm going to drive four hours when I need a new refrigerator. <laughs> so, I mean, it's like, again, if, if we're just going to dig a mud hole and just start speaking in guttural sounds, fine. Right. But if that's not what we're doing, then again, it is what it is. You're on the Titanic. If you can't swim or you didn't build the boat or you don't feel like it's your, your fate, that, none of those things matter.
1: Well, well,
2: and and, you know, we keep saying we're like, we have to turn off the electricity at night, you know, like we know that's like fantasy or whatever, but like just like the power needs to go out. You get two hours of power a day or whatever. We watched you guys in Innocently Violent on a 70 fucking inch TV. Yeah,
3: (laughs) yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
4: But see, here's the thing. Like you, you can still make the choice to turn off the power. But the reason isn't because you think you're saving the world, yeah. right? Yeah. The reason the reason is because it feels so good to reconnect with the creature in you, born wild and free. Yeah. Exactly. And that's why you're a fucking
3: badass, man, because that is the fucking shit. And when you when you said that, I just like I got chills because I'm like, that's it, man. It's like, I don't just do this stuff because it makes me feel better. It it also just feels right. Like there's something inside of me that is like, this is it. This is it this is it we are just yeah. animals and when you
4: act more like an animal it feels good yeah it's very empowering yeah you know and to know that you can do it even if you don't do it every day but you know that you could right if for some reason you're in a situation now where the power goes out you're like whatever right. i got this yeah see that's if if you find yourself without shoes you're like whatever i got this If you know you can't take that amazing hot shower, (laughs) you're like, (laughs) whatever, I got this. Yeah. Like, that's empowering. That's the, 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 and those are the things that we actually can control. Right. And- And as far as, you know, the the power usage goes, I mean, for us, you know, part of our driver was we have you know, kids who are just like these ridiculously overprivileged, you know, American white kids, right? (laughs) Right. So, So we felt like, all right, we have to at least do some kind of balancing for them. Right. For their future, because if they don't have anything that they can go back to or draw from, then there's no way they can carry that with them to mm. anything else. Right. Like you have to, you have to have a baseline of something you can go back to. And, you know, so one of the things was really powering down at night and, you know, using candles and listening to like, you know, the bitching and the moaning about how, you know, I can't see to do my homework. And I'm like, here's a light, you know, yes, you can. Right. But, but what we all learned was it was a challenging at first, but it was the same thing as like, you know strengthening a muscle at first right. it really hurts. yeah and and it's very de- destabilizing but once you you know build up that strength which is humans can see quite well in the dark yeah we've just we've just stripped ourselves of the ability to do it with artificial light right so they would come home and they, you know, from sleepovers at Friends and such, and they'd say, oh my gosh, I got such a bad headache because they had these lights on all night in the house. And I was like, oh.
0: I always say if I compare almost everything to an addiction, and I use that language very purposely. This culture is addicted to what it does. Mm-hmm. And just like that guy who's at the very end of his crankfest, the stuff he does gets weirder and dumber and more looped back into the you know, feeding the addiction. But I use that example also because the detox thing is always there, which is seventy two hours of sweating and shaking and then something (laughs) on the other side that starts to feel like pretty righteous clarity for people. And and a lot of people actually kinda get hooked on the addiction detox recovery cycle because it's really like having a manic episode in terms of how you fucking bounce off the bottom and then you're like, I'm rising up because I'm a full and complete human. Yeah. So all these sacrifices that we make, where we're told we take some yoke of domestication and we throw it off and we feel more powerful after a short period of adjustment, it's really important to see that you can do that with everything. Like there's barnyard animals that have been domesticated have been carefully selected to be capable but weak. And so have we. Right. As a cultural aspect of our species, we are made weaker by the things that we think give us power. And then... When the lights go off and you can't see, you think that that's it, even though you could go through detox and learn to see. But then, just like going through detox, you can't start nipping the bottle again on the other end of it. You know, it's kind of, (laughs) you go through a change, you go through a catharsis. And then again, what, what Karen and I found is that we were, just like it's the Godfather, just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. There's various things that you can't say no to. They're just not optional things. And so the bouncing out and walking away becomes much more of a, of a a hybrid sort of a thing or where you're bilingual and you're able to move in and out of it, but you've got to be fully capable on the other side. And it usually takes a quite a bit of work to build that up, but then you can kind of turn it on and off as you see fit. It's like riding a bike.
3: And that's something that I'm, so in in our situation, I, I am not, I am not working, uh, but JP is the one who's,
2: she's not working in the monetary system. That's true.
3: I'm not working in the monetary system. And, and so he is having to put his, feet in the machine and yeah. it's, i i see how hard it is for him to go back in yeah. and then to come back out and i'm i'm just i it's like i'm I, i'm panicked cuz i'm trying to like grow more food so he can work less and so we don't have to have any you know these extra bills because I'm worried that right. there's a point where he's not going to be able to shift back and forth. And I, I know, cause in some cases it's like, it's almost easier to just go all the way in. You know what I mean? Just go all the way yeah. back in and just it, say, fuck it, it. You know, I
4: would say that that's true. Like trying to do a hybrid thing like too soon is really, really, really hard. Yeah. So like JP, like, like huge props. And and it's also hard for you Casey because you're like not doing that right, right? so right. you you you're in your you know rewilding groove or whatever you want to call it and you know you aren't getting as yanked around maybe by the you know dominant culture yeah. but you're you're connected to him so yeah i mean yeah. we went you know cold turkey at it and to me it feels like that's the only way for us we could have and it was it was it's been really hard for me to have you know jordan in a you know w-2 wage slave situation because i felt like
1: wait we were doing this thing together you know and so
4: i've had to figure out ways make that all work you know for me too so it's it's challenging for both
1: yeah
3: um
4: our our first thing was just to strip back as much of our expenses as we possibly could right you know right take it all back like get down to where it just didn't cost us that much to be alive every day (laughs) right right
2: (laughs) And, and can you can you compare that with sort of the old life or the domesticated Jordan Karen I mean any ideas on like how for other people you know, what kind of what kind of strip down is that is it fifty percent of the old life, ninety percent of the old life is gone, the spending?
0: Oh wow. That's a great question. I think it's ebbed over time. I think we've gotten up toward eighty five maybe, and a lot of that was the the last barrier was having to make sure that, you know, the, the kids and you know, it's a good example with the your kids are born as you know, domesticates to the machine you have some legal responsibility to them, but I can't, you know, I can't not vaccinate them. I'm not an anti-vax guy. I don't really right. care about that. I'm just saying in the world, in right. the future world, there won't be that question to have, right. <laughs> but, but, you know, you have to, you have to send them to school. Right. And even if you homeschool them, you basically have to teach them the same curriculum, yeah. which is even more soul crushing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: If they get sick, you have to take, you know, I'm just, there's all these things that, right. That you really have to do. And then you have to pay certain taxes. You know, we went, yeah off the we went off the radar with the irs because i thought the world was going to end that didn't happen now i'm having to kind of sort that shit out because (laughs) the threat the real threats that exist are real you know i always say the money's not real it's a transaction enabler but in the current context of what we do it's pretty impactful yeah and so but but now we're in a much different position but i think you know you you've talked about food and you want to grow food and so a big part of what happened for us and this is in daniel quinn and ishmael is that you know, the turning was the locking up of the food yeah. and the beginning of, of agriculture as we know it. But the hard thing with things like permaculture is it's a subset of agriculture, and it relies yeah. on right. a lot of the same mechanistic things. You got that fruit tree, that pretty heavily scienced out, you know, fruit tree, bare mm-hmm. root probably, that, that you know, is, is not that far off from the thing. It's back to my organic cotton union made sweatshirt right <laughs> right which was the best possible thing and again i'm not trying to poo poo on people that are growing food but for us what we realized we were actually doing was trying to dominate the natural sphere around us and make it do what we wanted to do to feed us and feed us exclusively from the food network around us you know the sick one i don't need to make all this nature just give me a tomato that i grew so we're more into you know the bees and the birds and the mycelium and the worms and the ground up, you know, rebuilding of soil, not for humans, but for the community of life around us.
2: It's funny you say that, man, because I love that line, because as you know, you, you guys just heard us last week, just dipping a toe in the water with permaculture and saying, well, yeah, well, we should grow more of our own food. But as, as you read more of the literature and sort of like pick up the tips and tricks, you're 100 percent right. Like we kept asking each other, we were like, well, where's the ecology in this? Where are the birds and the right. bees? It, it, it is just that agriculture. Well, yeah, agriculture. And,
3: and, and it's even worse because they actually try to keep the birds away from the food in true permaculture. And I'm like, well, I wouldn't want to put a, a, a net, net around my 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 tree if the birds end up eating it. Well, then I guess the birds were fucking hungry. You know what I mean? So, so growing our own food is, is important, A, just to not have to spend the money. But B, it also just feels good to get in the dirt. And here, the dirt is just straight sand. It's not soil. <laughs> it's just sand. But... I want, and we, we first started with a butterfly garden because I'm like, we need pollinators. And there's so many people around us that spray everything you can imagine. And we're like, we need to feed the bees. We need to feed the birds. Yep. We need to feed everything else. And then we can feed ourselves. You know, you know what I mean? Because they're yep. going to help that's us. Right. You know, so that's kind of how, how I've looked at it. And, and that's where permaculture, I think, just totally fails because it is an extension yeah. of agriculture, which agriculture is fucking wrong.
4: <laughs> it's very top down still. Yeah. 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 It has it has humans as the apex. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And, and there's a lot of principles about it that make a lot of sense. Yeah. You know, the close a closed loop system and all of those ideas behind it. And and when we moved here, that's one hundred percent what we thought we were doing. Yeah. Like, oh, we're we're building a permaculture farm. You right. Know, this is what we're doing. Right. And and so there's a lot of things about it that make sense. But as we try to put them into practice and then realize how much energy intensive it is, meaning, you know, if you watch videos and things like that, I mean, they're, always use, they're using tractors, they're, you know, right. using lots of fossil fuels. Right, right. It's very hyper manipulated. There's the ultimate goal is a closed loop system, but there's lots of things that are being imported and brought in. Right. You're really manipulating your land base bringing in, you know, not native, um, plants and things. And we just over time realized that it's way more about something we can participate in, but not be in charge of. And so the idea of a food forest was, has been far more in line with what makes sense with finding feral, you know, it's like, we used to have a system where we just went and got the food because the food was there. Right. Like all the other creatures, we watched, the, <laughs> the squirrels, the birds, the, you know, the bees, the lizards, the, I mean, they just go get the food because right. the food's there. <laughs> and so, you know, creating, helping to support a place where, you know, Perennial plants want to live. We've had, we put in 40 fruit and nut trees when we started, and you know, some of them have survived and some of them haven't. And it's been very much, you know, kind of sink or swim for us. And right. if this p- place works for you to be here, great. And if it doesn't, then you know, we understand. And perennials that will make. Babies that we can help by kind of you know spreading them around and that sort of thing, but not you know trying to farm and stuff what Jordan calls like the poodle foods, like all these annual foods that just
1: you
4: know don't want to be here, or we're forcing them to be here, or then you know it's encouraging other creatures to come in and eat them that we don't necessarily want to be here, and then you're battling those creatures and. So for us, that's made way more sense. And we also don't have the expectation of being able to completely, fully, you know, feed ourselves off of our property 24-7 all year long
3: yeah, because
4: we live in a, you know, country where, you know, we've got 40% of food in the U.S. that essentially gets thrown away or put into some kind of secondary stream. And if people aren't tapping into that... (laughs) Right. Then that doesn't make any sense. Like, right. why? How can we justify our little, like, hobby kit farm thing while all this perfectly good food's being thrown away?
0: That's a good point. Yeah. You know, there was all this messaging around the government shutdown. And one of the main little things that would come through all of the different interviews they do with these federal employees is how ashamed they were to being forced to go to a food bank. And I thought, wow, look at the stigma of this being continued. It's a service to the community of life, and it helps offset the dramatic amount of waste. The conversation shouldn't be, you know, do you feel bad as a person to go to the food bank? Are you earning your way or not? It should be, how can we get more of this food into more food banks and encourage everyone to come and deal with the waste? Again, this isn't my... 12 step plan for fixing the problems in dominant culture, but yeah, manage, just managing what you do is a good thing. You talk about the pee. I mean, I think it's a super heavy duty responsibility to interact with your own pee and poo. Yeah, Yeah. totally. You know, like, like the toilet paper thing. I happen to work at a place where I interact with toilet paper and the amount of toilet paper people use to keep themselves from touching their own R's is a (laughs) profound situation. And again, I get it. Now, part of, part of the thing is we have so many people living in clustered city environments that we really do have bacteria problems, but there, there's still a kind of a sadness to that, that you can't deal with your waste products. You can't deal with the food waste or the human waste or all that stuff. And having foods, like part of, again, with like walking away from power, it doesn't mean doing replacement therapy, where you find a different delivery source to get all of the access is the same thing. Oh, right. And walking away from food acquisition is the same thing. So you eat less and you don't eat just what you want. You don't get to have a bacon cheeseburger with mushroom sauce. If that's your thing, you don't get to have organic hummus on demand (laughs) with whatever filling you want in it. You got to eat what's there. If there's dandelions, eat the dandelions. And if you're not hungry enough to eat them yet, okay, have a nice day. But the, the whole part of what it is you're doing like even again with the permaculture they just they jam a very very similar version of the the pre sausage into the machine and it comes out the other end so and i'm not trying to bag on permaculture cuz the underlying philosophy the design concept that it has the zones the different things you can do are really great but but it really it you can keep the slippery slope goes down and down the rabbit hole goes down and down and there's places you can stop and think about it for a while but then you probably could keep going down and that would be a good exploration and that's kind of where where we've gone but you know the food it continues to be a big part of it but but we learned that we had to have just different expectations about what food was and how we got it
2: how did you get from where you were to where you are like what was your journey of dropping out
0: yeah so it was A a traditional activism-based story of turning on incrementally. For Karen and I, we kept crashing through the different floors that people oftentimes stop at. But I had been reading articles, and a guy named Tim DeChristopher, who got arrested at a land lease auction in Utah, and then got railroaded through a federal criminal trial and was sentenced to a couple of years Bill McKibben, the classic 350.org guy, mm-hmm. was writing a lot of articles about this. And at the time, the whole Keystone XL thing was starting. Mm-hmm. And so so I – and then quickly Karen decided to respond to the call to action by Bill McKibben and 350.org to go to Washington, D.C. and get arrested in front of the White House over a prolonged 20-day or 12-day activism thing of standing in front of the White House and doing this ridiculous – direct action, nonviolent civil disobedience, arrest thing. This so in that 2011, was in two
4: thousand and eleven, by the okay. way. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. uh, during
0: the Obama
2: administration, the transparent, <laughs> yeah. very progressive administration. Yeah. Right.
4: <laughs> yeah, and good that old was old the old whole Obama. that was the whole point of the of the action was because it was over the Keystone XL pipeline and because it was crossing international border, it was the decision of the president alone to allow or deny the permit for this pipeline to be built and which was very unique. And so we were literally going to speak directly to Obama and who had, you know, campaigned on a a very strong environmental platform and yada, yada. Yeah.
0: Yeah, And so as we, we went, we ended up getting involved in a caravan of people that we're going to drive from California to Washington, D.C., stopping along the way and picking up more drivers and riders and, and we did, and we went in this on this ridiculous, amazing journey that I don't want to go into too many details, but by the time we were driving back across the country, we had a book called Deep Green Resistance by Derek Jensen and Lear Keith and Eric McBay in our hands, and we had Ishmael by Daniel Quinn in our hands. And by the time we got back back, we had read those things, and the explosive brain melting had begun because we had taken this real journey with these people and we were just kind of just driving 12 hours a day and eating whatever and talking and strategizing and and yet and so full of hope and enthusiasm but then this underlying thing was starting to be planted and when we got home within a month Occupy started and so then we were in the streets going full at the machine and Because we're from Oakland, we spent a lot of time at Occupy Oakland, and we helped shut down the port, and we saw Derek Jensen and Lear Keith and Wadi Yatouin speak at Occupy Oakland. I was there when Michael Moore spoke, and all these different, it felt like something was happening. And then we were part of the death of that, and as part of the death of Occupy, and part of this slippery slope we were on, we were tuned into the permaculture space and the food-growing space and trying to get farther away from the death machine as we were starting to refer to it. So it was a pretty natural process, but the thing that I usually say is that the benefit I had was Karen and and maybe part of her benefit was me, but at least for me, <laughs> you have to have a partner that'll go through these really insane decisions that everyone around you will resist and fight or you get stopped at some point. And so we just kept sliding down the slippery slope and asking harder questions. And and the things we were experiencing were always supporting this idea that we could have this experience and try to communicate it out. So the experiment in living differently, which eventually Corey Rowe picked up as his movie thing, Innocently Violent, is just an example of that. And how we connected with you guys is an example of that. But, but the thing that started it was giving a little bit of a shit. I sometimes say, we got the environmental memo, we read it, we started doing all the things it said, and then we just kept it asking hard questions as we went through it. And and you know, we're, and then we we're... also
4: realized like nobody was coming behind us. It felt yeah. like too, yeah. like you know, like yeah. that Braveheart scene where you're like, "Come on, everybody, let's go!" <laughs> and we're like, w- "Wait, where is everybody?" You know, yeah. it, it might feel like um,
2: it might feel a little bit like no shit, but I, I do think it bears mentioning. I, I'd love to hear the pieces of dominant culture that you really wanted to turn your back on? Like what, what were the things that you were just were like, I know I'm not saving the world, but I just can't participate in this thing anymore.
4: Well, you know, I have a, a teaching credential. I am a California credentialed educator, right? Okay. And so I spent a lot of my career years working as a school teacher and it just became increasingly clear to me as I started to be just pay attention more to like the bigger world picture um, that the education system um, is so broken. And the way that we try to share knowledge with children, but end up being teachers, which you can only teach somebody something if it has a threat of um, violence or force behind it. Um, learning is something completely different than teaching. So it's interesting, I spent so much time being called a teacher. Oh, I see. Um, wow. but, but we have it so wrong. And there's just so many kids who just get caught up in this very punitive system of learning um, and then as it's become more and more and more nationalized um, it just continues to go in the wrong direction so for me that was that was like when I just realized I just can't slip and sling their bullshit anymore like I just won't do it and then having my own kids and watching you, you know having to be an advocate for them going through school and everything
1: right, right.
4: Um, that was a big part of it um, I, I broke up with Christmas.
3: Nice. <laughs> Fuck,
4: yes. so Fuck, Christmas. Fuck, yes. Fuck Christmas. There's another one. Fuck Christmas. You know, I, and I was, I, I was called the Martha Stewart of Christmas. I used to live in a neighborhood in a, you know, HOA community that was the Christmas neighborhood that we did Christmas off the hook and decorated our houses and tour buses came through and blah, blah, oh, wow. blah, 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 blah. blah you know, been there, done that, did it huge. And I just, I couldn't do Christmas anymore. I'm like, this is so lame. There's just so much ridiculous consumerism (laughs) wrapped up in this Christmas bullshit. And so, I mean, there's this, that's another example of something that I just was like, all these holidays and everything that, you know, I call them the alcohol (laughs) holidays.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, you know
4: yeah. every the, the other... every one is just about you know getting lit and spending money and
0: yep. and
2: I joked um... in one of our podcasts that we need to nationalize Hallmark. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think the other thing too with with each of these things Karen's describing because I would you know if someone's listening to this and they're first thinking what a couple of putzes. But if they think, oh, listen to listen to this big person that like broke up with Christmas. But it's always more than that, because there's the story of the crabs in the pot. And if one crab gets his little claw hooked over the edge and starts to climb out, the other crabs pull him the fuck back down. Always. Right. Right. So each one of these things, when you're when you we have kids, we have kids, we have a blended family. So we have exes on both sides and then we have grandparents and family members. Who are always sitting in judgment on your behavior, and very suspicious that you are in. You know, you get into a space where people they really are deeply interested in keeping you in line with the cultural thing. So when you're like, "Eh, "I'm just not into Christmas," it, it it's an additional debate that you have to have with people
1: yeah Yeah, why aren't
0: you wearing shoes why don't you wear gloves why don't you brush your teeth why don't you take showers why do you sleep outside aren't you cold and you're like i could have this conversation over and over again but each see the thing is like you feel like you're selling a bunch of bullshit someone like i'm making affirmative choices for myself within the context of the life that i think is around me i'm not judging or offering any suggestions to anyone but there's no like place where you can't you can be excused from that. So you're always in this collaborative thing with the other people around you and your relatives and your friends and your former friends and your new friends. And it's a difficult space to be in. It, it really doesn't, it's not very nurturing. And it's not very safe feeling. And it doesn't feel like community at all. It feels like you're the most likely person to get pounced on in any sort of situation. It's hard to speak with love when so much of what you're talking about includes turning off the, the pre, the you know the 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 NICU units in the hospitals. I'm like, you know, when the power goes off, it's not just the bowling alleys that go dark. It's the hospitals. It's <laughs> right. The elderly care homes. It's like, it's a big ugly thing to communicate. But, you know, again, I go back to the doctor's thing. If that's the problem, if the you know, problem properly stated is half solved, that's the problem. We've got to be have the power and strength to say it, and then move through it with some sort of honesty.
3: Yeah, and I've found with specifically with Christmas, because people are very sensitive about the whole Christmas thing. And I think that if if I told somebody that I was a heroin addict, they would accept it more kindly than saying, I don't participate in Christmas. Yeah, it's fucked you're up, totally man. Right. But it's totally true. Yeah. And it's like I, I mean, you know, I and and we haven't celebrated Christmas really in a very long time but we've been quiet about it and now even like you know at the grocery store are you are you ready for christmas oh no we don't participate in consumer holidays like I, I'm, I'm saying it to everybody because fuck you i'm gonna make you look at look at me in the eye and deal with that <laughs> yeah. discomfort motherfucker and they <laughs> just they just hate it they just oh, they hate it they oh yeah yeah it. well it's yeah. it's
2: weird that yeah. we've gotten to this point in our society where bringing your own lunch to work and eating by yourself is some act of defiance. Yeah. yeah. But, but it makes you the weirdo. It's,
4: it's, <laughs> it's anything outside of the norm and the norm is getting tighter and tighter and yeah. tighter. Right. Yeah. So anything outside of it is, is, is viewed as a threat mm-hmm. and it's viewed as a personal judgment yep. and a challenge for someone to have to look at their own life.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: And, and then in turn for you to have to defend what it is that you're doing. And I've had to go through this, you know, with very intimate family members where it's like, look, I'm, I can say I'm an anti-capitalist and still love you if you want to keep playing Monopoly. Like, <laughs> right. Like,
1: have
2: you guys had to break up with anyone?
4: Bye. Well, we have. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Absolutely. I, you know, I, I live under a rock most of the time. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, absolutely. And I, I, you know, I, I broke up with social media years yep. ago because I couldn't take that whole scene anymore yeah. and, and was making too many people mad. They were just like, we just want to see pictures of the kids. Can you just like <laughs> stop with your stuff? Yeah. You know, And yeah. I'm like, Ugh, for, you know, yeah, forget you. Yeah. I mean, that's part the loneliness is a big part of it and that's kind of what I was what I was trying to say in innocently violent was like I'm just so tired of not being able to talk about it and just like have real honest conversations that aren't I'm judging you because you want to take a shower and go to Hawaii
1: right
3: you know
4: it's like that's not what I'm saying but at the same time please don't judge me because I don't want to do those things
3: yeah Yeah. Yeah. And that, isn't that a funny thing? It's like we we're under this, we're still under this Christian law of like no judgment, but yet that's all we ever do. And I mean, it's a human, it's human. We're supposed to judge. That's, that's something we do. That's how we get to know what's normal in our life and what's not normal and how to judge different people and what they, so judgment isn't a bad thing in, in the general context, but, but that's all we do. And then, but, but it only goes one way. We judge people, in the society only if you're not normal in the society and the dominant culture and it it it's it's so frustrating to me because at the same time it's you know everybody's trying to be enlightened and they're all going to yoga class and they're all being you know I'm non-judgmental I'm so centered I'm cool but wait why aren't you getting a right. Starbucks why aren't you why are why are you being weird about a straw like it's a fucking plastic straw why is everybody <laughs> drinking out of a fucking straw you know like that's the kind of shit that just blows my mind and yet you know they're just like well you're just being weird why are you being so weird I was like well because I'm fucking weird I guess god damn it <laughs>
4: And, and honestly, it's because everybody knows you have the knowing in you in, yeah. in there. Yeah. You know, finding, like I say, finding the creature in you born wild and free, it's, it's because the creature's there. Right. And everybody knows. It's just, once you see, you can't unsee. Yeah. And, and so it's really scary to go down that road. It's the red pill, blue pill, right? Yeah. Like, there's been, you know, Hollywood has run amok with like the whole thing, but it's all out there it, Yeah. it, you know, it, but it's, it is true. Like you, you do have to make a choice and some people just, just really can't make that choice. And so they're really pissed at you for making that choice. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's the way I, it's the way I see it. Yeah. Because they're why like, why can't you just like be like everybody else and stop rocking the boat? Exactly. <laughs> you know? <laughs>
2: Yeah, and, and, and to this day I mean what, what 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 propels you again, it feels a little bit like no shit but I, I just think it's interesting to state it out loud. what do you feel propelled by every every day? you know like you guys were very involved with activism which has you know which is within the zone of like trying to change the political system and I, I think I, I find it hard to describe to people that'm like no'm we're not nihilists, right? it's Mm -mm. it's not like we've, we've given up, but we, we just want to try to do something different because in your words, dominant culture, like it just feels like it makes us sick. But we also know that like, we're not making a statement. We're not, as you say, like, we're not, we're not trying to have, this isn't a blueprint for how to fix the world. It's just sort of like, I'm just kind of sick of the way things are. I mean, what do you guys feel driving you day to day?
4: Yeah, I think it's just, you know, I try to say like, it's, I just try to be right every day. And I don't mean right like I'm right, you're wrong. Right. I mean right like, you know, when you're on a boat and it's rocking and you have to right yourself to find that balance point. Yeah. And and just to find that balance point where you feel in tune with the, you know, world around you and feel like you're able to tap into like a, col- a collective consciousness that's like way... Greater. Yeah. Yeah. And find that balance point and also just take it really small. Like it's really only about today and this moment. And, you know, if I have food, shelter, clothing just for today, I'm fine. Yeah. And it's really that small and that basic and that simple and for me too it's it's also about what we take with us into whatever comes next Mm -hmm. that is as important as whatever it is we're doing right now
2: can you guys walk us through some of the the practical mechanics of of dropping out i i'd I'd love to dive in more there uh you know you, you said an innocently violent that you cashed out your 401ks but i'm curious did you guys both throw away careers at the same time? And, you know, like, you know, h- how long did this sort of like process of sort of undoing and unraveling take? And, and you said you jumped in with both feet. And now for practical reasons, you've, you've had to jump back into the monetary system a little bit, but I- I'd love to hear some of the tick tock of, of how dropping out of dominant culture actually worked for you guys.
4: Yeah. Well, I, on the trip that Jordan described, um, that we took across the country, which again was a crack up because we were going to protest fossil fuels, right? 3,000 miles away. So, you know, how do you, how how do you do that with like your smallest carbon footprint, (laughs) you know, and it, and it turned out after, you know, scientific study that the best way was to travel in compact cars with five adults, you know, whatever. So we took, we, we did it. And one of the places that we ended up at was um in west virginia where we were taken out um to a mountaintop removal site and we were given the tour by a man named larry gibson who had been fighting the coal industry on um kayford mountain the property that had been in his family for 130 years and he'd been battling all around him trying to keep the coal industry from blowing off the top of their mountain And we he took us out there and we stood out there and they've it's over 500 mountains now in the Appalachians where they blasted off the top Uh, to get coal. I mean, it's just it's like the most destructive, devastating moonscape to stand there and stare out and just see this destruction Um, just, you know, so people can get, you know, yet one more, you know. Super Bowl in, or you know, whatever right, it is we're right, doing, right. and 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 you know, he he said, "Don't come here to take the tour. Take this on your heart and do something with it." Hmm. And oh, wow. We all just, there were 14 of us, and we all just stood there and cried. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah, man, yeah, Larry, like, I'm with you. He's like, West Virginia can't do this alone. Like, right. this is much bigger. And I was like, yeah, you know, I'm with you. Yeah. So, so, so for me, that was like this huge turning point where I was like, no, I am for sure going to do something different with my life. And so, you know, when we got back and looked at, you know, our, we were living in like the, you know, really lily white suburbs and mm-hmm. we had great parks and great schools and great sidewalks <laughs> and really easy shopping and, you know, all the awesome conveniences. And I was like, this is, this is just bullshit. Right. <laughs> and I have, and I have, and I have this money sitting in, you know, my teacher retirement Right. and, and we started, you know, digging in pretty hard too. And I'm like, whoa, if you really believe in what they're saying about the climate, like, i really screwed. Like, yeah, it's yeah. not like we can just like walk this thing back because mm-hmm. we're going to all be driving electric cars. I mean, no, no, this is, yeah, this is like, we're really screwed. And it's not like, oh, we've got like, you know, hundreds of years. Oh, no, this no. is like yeah. pretty, pretty imminent. So, you know, I just said, forget it. I've got yeah. this money. It's invested in all these, you know, things that I can't stand. And I'm like, no, we're going to pull it out. So we did and that was, you know, a big chunk of what, what got us going. And um, so that was one of the mechanics. And then, you know, stripping back, like our energy usage was huge. Yeah. You know, when we, when we, uh, when we found our place, we, it had propane and um, electricity and, you know, (laughs) again, we were energy activists and driving home (laughs) into into our woods and oh the first thing you see is our big giant propane tank yeah (laughs) like like, this doesn't work yeah so that was a you know a mechanical thing but i mean it was it was so doable and and Uh, empowering have you you given up electricity Hmm?
2: have you given up electricity too no okay
4: because here's the thing about that. Like we, we use so little, you know, we have like a $40 utility bill. Oh, you don't have to justify amongst. it to us.
2: Like we were assholes that bought like a huge solar system. Cause like the air conditioning yeah. runs, you know, I like, mean, you don't have to, like, so, I was just curious. Pianos, I was just curious how far you went with yeah,
4: it. Yeah. No, yeah, no, we, we, we still have, you know, electricity, but we explored all the different options for that. And that, that's still to this day, is by far the best, energy option and um you know again as jordan says we're not trying to pass a purity test that's not what it's about yeah um but, you know but at the same we, time do you do you we, feel like
2: you're trying to relearn some skills that our generations have lost and pass those on to our kids is, does that propel you at all
0: oh well, it's true 100%. like so i think i think school skill atrophy is really important and you can see it now faster than ever i oftentimes say that you know, the thing we're doing culturally is like a tetherball game. The first few whacks around the pole, it's like this big lazy arc. And, and then, then they jump up and hit it and it spins five times and the game's over. And you're like, next. Yeah. So, you know, these, these, these things are going faster and faster. And the skill atrophy part is, is really a big deal where you, you know, I, I'm the person who would say pretty openly that this creature that we've become really can't get back. So the thing, when you're domesticated and you want to be wild and free, you've got to go through a pretty long, scrappy, feral period. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, the word feral is used so negatively in our culture, mm-hmm. the vernacular of it, is really wrong because it really is that thing. That's what waits for you. This the Eden doesn't wait for you. Sustainable gardening doesn't wait for you. Feral weirdness waits for you. <laughs> but that's, that's the... From and through that would be something like Wild and Free. But in the same way that the son of the plantation owner, the day after they said, hey, you can't really have slaves anymore, like he's not ever going to be complete in his lifetime. And his kids probably won't either. It's possible (laughs) that his grandchildren or his great-grandchildren wouldn't be willing to have a fight at a barbecue about defending grandpapa and his slaves. So it, (laughs) it, 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 it takes... It takes a long time you know Daniel Quinn calls it the great forgetting you know we have given back all of our amazing skill you know when you watch squirrels just become squirrels the second they're alive and they're doing all this radical shit and then you look at humans and how we think we're useless until we've been you know retrained it's really hard to to make all those things work together but trying to to uh, I have said in the past, and I feel bad about this, but in raising kids, I was like, I've got these kids, I'm sending them into the machine. I'm gonna make bad robots, or I'm gonna participate in throwing <laughs> some bad robots into yeah, the mix. Man. Yeah and, and so so in a way, even the kids we have, and there's a mix of them that are they're pretty right down Main Street doing the right thing by society standards, but they've got that skill set in them. They, you can't you can't know something you've never seen. And I work at a campground and so I, I see people my age, oh my God, come and, and like our parents and grandparents were even if they weren't super outdoorsy, were incredibly more capable than anyone you see today. Yeah.
1: yeah. But, <laughs> but
0: because we, we experienced and saw that, I think we tell ourselves a lie that those skills exist in the kids and they're just not there. The right. skill sets just, you know, yeah. aren't there. Now it's not too hard to figure out how to make a fire if suddenly there's no energy around, but, but it is important to have the willingness to reject society's norms. Like it's okay to be like, I won't stand for the national anthem. And I'm not for or against this or that. I just think the construct of countries and all this is all bullshit. And I refuse to acknowledge it. And I'm willing to take the risk to try to give you an explanation for that. I believe in abolishing the police, because I think if you have the police you have a society that's gonna be just like this. I'm not opposed to this or that. I mean, it's a very nuanced position between those things, but being able and willing to to have some of those skills come back. One of the things we I experienced at Occupy when I was like, okay, here's all these progressive people. We're gonna talk this out. And it was miserable. These poodles <laughs> and snowflakes with just trying to navigate through the right verbiage to have something go through a general assembly was impossible. Uh, I've been uh, in ridiculous corporate meetings, <laughs> but this was at the lowest of the lows. You know, while we're, it, just, it was really like, oh, no, because you think you've got that gear. You're like, OK, we're going to go back and have these conversations and hash it out. And I'm like, no, we don't have that skill anymore. you got to rewrite that whole thing. And that's when it started yeah. to become clear that it was feral that we were looking for, which is a, you know, feral's funky, man. You've seen feral cats. They're like, wow, you're a trip. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Wow, you got those yeah. weird and coverings on your body. It's that's the, strange. It's the,
4: the other thing that we really realized that's a, a huge skill atrophy for our, you know, our, as part of our domestication is our ability to form community. Yes. That makes sense. Yes. That actually works. Yes. Because we are social creatures and we, and, and so we, we are drawn to that. Like, you know, Hey dude, we're all, you know, AIDS fans or, you know, we're all like, (laughs) yeah, we all went to the same college or high five. Like, you know, that's our tribe. That's our team. Like, but when you actually really try to get together with people and actually try to like live together because jordan and i were like oh yeah we're gonna go like back to the land and we're gonna you know get get people to do it with us Mm -hmm. and we're all gonna like work together to grow food and Mm -hmm. we're gonna all live really expensively and help each other out and it's gonna be so great
0: yeah (laughs) Those those people will cash out and buy the place next door and then we'll just have this little like progressive village and
2: how's that going?
4: Yeah, it'll just be amazing. <laughs> oh my god! It, well, it's just Jordan and me here.
2: <laughs> did you did you guys have a border in the show? the The guitar playing kid was he living with you?
4: Or oh, was he? He he's a a good friend of ours. Okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We, we were and we were curious he's, if he he's was one like, of the. F- yeah. He's he's one of the few that has kind of been able to hang with our bullshit like the whole time and can still like you know, he still pops back in and out from time to time. But, oh, that's cool. Um but no, building community super hard. Yeah, so like, it's
3: it's and- funny that you say that because that's so that's the thing I think we need more than anything, but I have no idea how to do it. And uh, JP was like he's been really wanting to to like kind of build a community and, you know, we can, we can have all these people come in that are cool and they think like us. And I'm like, I don't think it's that fucking easy, man. I think that we have lost the ability to be part of a tribe. Like we know how to be a tribe for sports and for colleges and for jobs and for money, but we don't know how to do it to just be like, Hey, uh, life's kind of hard and shit's fucked up out there. You want to like hang.
4: Right. (laughs) Right. And I, and I thought, I thought, go ahead.
0: If you went to an AA meeting and there was beer on tap there the whole time. Yeah. yeah, And they're like, Oh, this is super hard to stay focused on this. So making community when people they're all under their own set of the same unique pressures from family and friends. They're like, I'm not working. I I really want to, I just really want a nice dinner. I need the money. Uh, damn it. You get like, it's a hard thing. And so in this world of it's optional until it's optimal, which is what we're in, where you can, you can, it's silly because you choose to like, I refuse to use these things. I refuse to shop for these particular items from these particular vendors, Yeah. but you still have to, it's always right there. It's like, again, I'm at AA and I'm like, you know what, fuck it. I would make it a double. Yeah. This lady is driving me nuts with her story about her dad abusing her. And so it's just, it's impossible to, I think, have the right structure to make the sacrifices and the hard choices, and to have the bonds between people that are meaningful and real. And so, making community is the real problem. I mean, I, in Nevada City or this area, there's a bunch of pretty hip, progressive community type things, but they, I, I have yet to see anything like that work. And even when it does, it's always, you know, they all take the bus back into town to. to satisfy their little addiction whims within the machine, which I do too. Look, we sometimes just say, fuck it. You know what? Let's just go have some sushi. Forget (laughs) this whole fish in the ocean problem. (laughs) (laughs) And and, you know, again, I always say like, I mean, I'm like, I'm in fucking hospice. What do you want me to do? Give me the cigarettes. I want the sushi. But you know, all I'm saying is you have the freedom to be honest about the situation Do the right thing as much as you can insofar as you even have a context for what the right thing is. But you're just trying to die with dignity, participate in the death of this culture with some dignity. I used to say I was an anti-civilizationist, but now I say, no, that's not right. I call other people civilizationists, and I want them to explain because they get to be responsible for all the shit that's going on. I'm a zero-state guy. I'm a non – You know, like this is just not civilization, but I'm not – the counterpoint i'm the original point i'm the thing nature is primary i'm sitting here at ground zero you guys are the ones that are off into the stratosphere you got a lot of explaining to do <laughs> yeah you've got chemotherapy but you invented cancer yeah so i mean yeah you know you make peace only because you have persistent war yeah so the the do you have police that'll help out but only because there's rigid you know poverty that's built into the way our our system works and so these things are impossible to really navigate with any sort of elegance. And when you get the community, which is really one of the things our takeaway is that that was the worst part because we, again, tried a bunch of different versions. And it went weird. Part of it was us because we're weird. We're feral, weirdo cats. Mm-hmm. But the other thing was other people having that same experience. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, there is, there is no answer. We feed the food. We create fertility. I want nature to be primary in all I think, say, and do. And, and I want to devalue the human condition on a global scale.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I love what you said in the documentary, Jordan, uh, where you said, uh, I'm paraphrasing here, but it, it was something to the effect of there's a trial going on. And and the implication was you were talking about there's a, there's a trial going on about what the human species is and what the human project is. And I believe that you were saying that you wanted you and Karen's life to stand in evidence that it's not all peachy. And if nothing else, you just wanted to, you know, get in some uh, counterpoints to the dominant narrative.
0: Right. If you believe in, you know, coherence or collective consciousness, I mean, the reason why people believe prayer works is because it really is, you know, speaking things into coherence is meaningful. I'm not going to go too far off the, the, the road with this, but it's important to speak that truth and to do so lovingly and persistently, especially in situations that will feel awkward and uncomfortable. So when you're check doing the checkout and someone says, oh, are you ready for Christmas? And you go, I don't do Christmas because I think it's a sham and it's killing the community of life globally. And they're like, oh, well, have a nice day. Do you want your receipt?" <laughs> it's is, hard. Is plastic okay? It's, it's necessary. So- so even what whatever you do, so we're submitting this, this testimony, we're you know, carrying our pee around and and caring about mushrooms and 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 thinking about having the ascendance pyramid turned upside down. So we're we're the laborers at the bottom on on behalf of the thing that really give us life, you know. There's a story, there's a feeling of indebtedness that comes with certainly being an American, but being part of this world, right? You're what are you indebted to to the to the people that sacrificed themselves in endless wars to get us here, to the people that enslaved people to get us here, to, you know, what, what thing are you in debt to? And I I have a nutrient debt and that's it. I've been kept alive, made alive and kept alive by the nutrients and the watershed and the community of life around me. And that's the one debt that I owe and I will repay in full and everyone will, but I don't need to feel indebted to those other things you know if, if it's like saying if you got a raised in an abusive family are you indebted to the abusive parents <laughs> no right not really right you know so like if you're raised in an abusive structure a dominant culture i'm not trying to pick on anyone specifically this is a collective thing that we do but you're not indebted to that and and i think when why say that we want to submit some testimony in opposition that's a very meaningful thing it's very meaningful to have this conversation with you and so Insofar as a small ripple can do that ripple thing to a wave, it really does mean something in a world of meaningless. You know, we went away from permaculture, and our new term is futile culture. <laughs>
1: so,
0: that's what we're doing. I mean, it, but it, again, it's fine. There's people like, you don't, you don't walk into a hospice place and everyone's just depressed and being like, hey, Morty, can you shut up? You're going to be dead in a half day. You know, They're <laughs> yeah. like, hey, can I help you with that puzzle? Can I turn up mod, the mod reruns on the TV for you? Like, let's have, <laughs> you know, some legitimate fun within the context. Like, tell me, I'm not depressed. I'm pissed.
2: Yeah. Right, I'm
3: not right, depressed. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, that, that, that's a very accurate description. Not, not depressed, but just pissed and just mm-hmm. don't want to do it. I, I, what I really like about the way that you guys are talking about this, and I'm, I'm so thankful to be able to spend the time with you yeah. and, and have you guys just dive a little deeper than, you know, we could on the documentary so, so when you got when you guys said that you stopped paying your taxes because you thought the world was going to end, do you still think the world was going to end? And and again, do you, do you, is is building an error app not really part of your vision?
4: I I think that if look, all I know is that I've been living small for the past almost seven years, paying attention to my land base and the sky above me and the temperature and the weather patterns and different things like this. And I don't really need some big wig scientists to tell me that things are changing and that they're changing quickly. I, I know that they are. And, and I understand, um, self-reinforcing feedback loops. Like I really get that. Like I understand if you put an ice cube in water, what it does, Right, I get that. So, if we're talking about you know polar ice caps and their the cycle that they're in to keep you know melting, um, I, I get that. That makes sense. And you know Jordan and I, because we've spent so much time in the energy world, we we really understand like fossil fuels and carbon and what you, what happens when you pull it out of the ground and then you burn it and you let it go up into the atmosphere. Like, like these are not benign things. There are consequences to that, you know, the planet, the planet's fine. It's not about the planet. It's about our species being able to survive.
2: So you guys are, you guys are seven years into your journey of dropping out of turning your backs on dominant Mm -hmm. culture. How's it going so Mm
4: -hmm. far? I'm, I, I can't imagine doing anything else with my life that would feel as meaningful.
2: And, and what, again, in
4: a world that feels kind of meaningless, yeah. but
2: and and what are the what are the challenges that you guys are still working on?
4: Um, I think it's probably for me like the loneliness piece. Yeah, we Con- get- continuing to feel like just so alone and having to like go back in and just kind of, you know, act like a phony kind of, yeah. I, 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 I don't act like a phony necessarily because I know it's, it's more just like putting on, you know, a costume, yeah, um, yeah. you know, you know who you are inside the costume. Yeah. Um, but, but it's just, it's that, and it's just the like tiring, like, you know, just watching it all play out in this like really boring way. I'm like, seriously? Now it's about electric cars. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh
2: that's the thing. Yeah.
4: Like like are we really that dumb that we yes. that that we just have to be in this like ridiculous minutiae? Of like who said what to whom know, to right? upset them next yeah. and <laughs> and it's just it's it's all of that you know that that is just kind of like ugh. um I suppose for me and and just wishing that I did have you know a group of people around me to hang out with who were like you know got it. Yeah, and we're just willing well, and to could talk to about say the, it and
3: yeah, and could talk about the the shit because so many I mean people don't want to talk about the shit you know and the, the shit's everywhere it's all around us so let's you know admit it and and,
2: and are you guys like actively trying any experiments with developing community because I it's 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 comforting to hear you guys say that because I I feel like we you know, and these are my terms, right? I feel like we're creating a life boat here. That's a more resilient life. That is, you know, I'm definitely worried about climate shocks and, and it it is like wanting to have to live with less money and stuff like that. And I feel like we're starting, I feel like I can see us being successful at a lot of that, but what I come back to is just like, okay, well at least me and Casey are tight, but it'd be cool to do this with other people.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it would. It would. Um, you know that I found. You know we found a place that was really cool. Um,
2: Where you are in Colfax? And, and we love, Colfax, California. And, yeah,
4: and we love and we love our place. Um, but man, is there like a hostile political climate? Yeah. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean. Are you People saying that because just,
2: it's it, because it's rule or like, you, do you mean left, right? Or do you mean something else?
4: I mean, there's just this, this real intense divisiveness in this country right now yeah. where it doesn't matter what the issue is. It's just like my team versus your team, period. You know, it's, it, it's just like that. But, but and,
3: haven't you know, don't you think that it's really manufactured, too? Like, I feel like everybody's falling for it. Like, you're all falling for picking sides and being pissed off at each other, like, if we just thought about what the real problems were and didn't think yeah. of the who's in charge of it, like, I just think we would all just be better off, but I don't, I don't know.
4: Well, yeah, but it's the best way to keep a population down is to keep them fighting with each other. Absolutely.
1: And
4: instead of, you know, actually rallying against, you know, the bigger issues, but, but no, it's, it's completely designed to keep us all, Fighting with each other and bickering and and distrusting and um, and all those things. So, so that's that's hard. I, I would I would like to be surrounded by people who are just like, yeah, Titanic's friggin' sinking, but hey, let's just like rock it and you know,
3: yeah, have a good time together. Yeah, and look you at know? the butterflies, because, man.
4: Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, I mean, I, I just, that would be cool.
2: And have you guys tried the co-living or co cohabitation or I I don't know any, some of the other terms, but I know. Oh
4: yeah. We've, we've tried a lot of different models of, of living with different people trying, you know, work, share things. And, you know, it, it, does it, it always comes down to money. Mm, That's the other thing. Like, you know, cause we all still need money to stay alive. I mean, that's, that's the bottom line, really. Yeah. And so you got to still, you're still tethered to that one way or the other. I mean, I can't wiggle out of my property taxes and still, you know, have our place, yeah. no matter how you want to. <laughs> I mean, there's just, there's just certain things, you know, and so It always comes down with like, you know, everybody has the best intentions. They're like, Oh yeah, I'm totally with it. And like, you know, we're going to grow food and you know, no, 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 I'm not lazy. And (laughs) I like to get up and chop wood. And, you know, and then we just overwhelmingly found like, like the, there just wasn't. And I'm sure it was, as Jordan says, part of us too. Like we're, you know, So
2: did you guys, did you guys invite people into your house or like, how did again, the mechanics, how did that work? What did you try?
4: Yeah, we opened up spaces. We, you know, rented out spaces. We did work trade things. We, the place that we bought was um, very distressed and has required a lot of intensive remodeling. <laughs> Sounds and familiar. To <laughs> yeah. <get in. laughs> okay. We know all about yeah. that. <laughs> and so, you know, we tried to bring in some labor to help us out, and you know, we're trying to do it all. You know, really, really, um, with sourcing materials from the secondary market and Uh using our own blood sweat and tears as much as possible and Uh um but you know tried to tap into some other people's skill sets to help us out along the way and find creative ways to do that and you know we've had a few successes but but you know mostly it just it wasn't the oh we're gonna you know moved to the woods and skip through the dandelions and you know <laughs> hold hands together and yeah. Yeah. and sing you know the way maybe some people expected us to be doing or maybe oh. we even at one point yeah. would have said and and that's totally okay too yeah. like you know we again it's been experimenting and living differently and knowing that we were going to have failures and we were going to have successes and but just still continuing to do it because just felt like a better option than just continuing down the, you know, the line with all the sheeple, right. Um, like we'd been doing
1: yeah.
3: and,
4: um, it, so even with all the challenges and all the, um, you know, difficult times, it's, it's felt like more of the right thing to do. And mainly just because we've gotten to reconnect with, all the other creatures besides the humans. Yeah, right? Isn't
3: that cool? Yeah. <laughs>
1: you that, know? That, helps it ma- that, that makes it a lot awesome. less lonely.
3: They are so awesome. <laughs> they're so awesome. <laughs> I mean, it made you our know. night last night. We saw a great horned owl, and it was just like, it was just so cool. It's like, holy shit, this, the world's just, the Earth is awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? It's yeah. Just, it's just awesome.
4: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so honestly, like, I don't, the humans kind of annoy me.
3: Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> I think we just need to, you know, fill all the billboards with like, you know, check out the cardinals that are living in your yard or did you see the orchard bees come out this spring? You know, like think of think if we advertised what's in. people's yards i mean like why can't we be more excited about oh look the flowers are blooming on the citrus trees or the oaks are spewing out their pollen you know th- i think i think as long as you are yeah that's enough. yeah yeah
2: yeah we we saw a carolina mantid which is a, a praying mantis a version of a praying mantis yeah. the other day
3: we're like what the, what's that fucking weird thing in the
2: driveway well, there was, it there. was a
3: cardinal that was trying to get it but the the mantis was winning
2: yeah and it was just like we got down on the eye level with it and we're like like poking sticks at it eventually it like it, it put its wings down and it was realized like, we were friends yeah and it was it was like it was, it
3: was the coolest it was, awesome. it was it was like what's, the coolest like 20 hell, minutes it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was just awesome
4: <laughs> yeah pray praying mantis love jordan it's a trip
3: oh sweet they oh, really?
4: go cool. on they go they, they these little pretty things they just go right on him and look at me and kind of like preen themselves and i'm like <laughs> oh yeah it happens so often that's so cool. they'll, and they'll yeah she'll just sit with him for the longest time and walk around with him and these and these are meaningful things yeah and it and it and i think that's that's been my takeaway. Like, again, we were in the streets, we were shaking our fists, we were taking, you know, swings at the machine, we were, you know, trying to talk to people and convince people to do something or yeah. something else. And, you know, Holly, I'm, I, it, it, it just was like, no, it's just about me. Yeah, really. Yeah. And Jordan, and that's okay. Yeah. And somebody would say, oh, you're so selfish. I'm like, yeah, I am. But yeah. like, every creature is yeah. like, that's, we're supposed to be and and just let that be enough yeah you know like like it's not up to, we didn't create this whole situation and it's not up to us to fix it right either you know
3: yeah that's right
4: but it is up to us to live with a little more intention yeah and a little more integrity yeah. and a little more honesty
1: I just gotta be honest with you, I'm not one of them bullshit stupid people, man, who makes makes believe everything is going okay. You know? Because everything is not going okay.